But yeah, it just the wedding and change and like things. And this is just goes off to like crazy makers and people projecting what they can and can't do or what they want to do but can't do. But you know, all of these things. Like even Kilimanjaro, for example, mm. we had a handful of people. Like I stopped telling people that's what we're doing for our honeymoon because the reactions were just Debbie Downers, right. and I'm just like, you don't think I can do this, do you? Okay, cool. So part of like my thing going up the mountain, I was just like, I have to make it to the top. Gotta prove the haters wrong. It's prove the haters wrong, but it's like it's proving myself right more than right. proving haters mm-hmm. wrong, right? It's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you said you can do this, so you can do this, despite the fact that these people think that you can't do this, right? right? And like, I found out that I have suppressed a lot of myself for years. In terms of like how I express myself, mm-hmm. I used to always be the kind of person who has clothes and things that nobody else has because I just like being very unique, unique and express myself in weird ways of colors and patterns and different things. And I liked that. And then for the longest time, I was kind of like shot down and you don't always have to have these statement pieces. I like statement pieces. I don't care if a person, <laughs> if I wear the same skirt a million and five times, Right? And people are like, oh, wow, you wore that skirt again. I don't care. I like that skirt. Right? So I have no problem being, like, recognized with the same outfit versus some people are like, no, you should wear, like, neutrals and, like, staple pieces Mm -hmm. and basic pieces. So that way it's not really memorable and it's like, you know, you can get away with wearing them often over and over again. And I'm just like, or you can just wear the bright red skirt over and over again and people are like oh look it's the girl with the bright red skirt it's fine brand recognition right so it's like so for me i have (laughs) have no i so i started like so like for the wedding i designed things and i liked everything to be custom made and a lot of it i made with my own hands or i i design if anything was custom made I was the designer or the maker behind it, right? It wasn't about, oh, look at me, I'm bougie, everything's custom-made. It's like, I have a vision, and I have the ability to make that vision come to life, Mm -hmm. whether it's designing it and asking someone for help or doing it with with my own bare hands. And I have no, like, I liked having everything like, oh, we saw it made that, we saw it made that, we saw it made that, right? I... I'm an artist. I'm a creative. I create things. So for you to walk out of my wedding saying we saw created a lot of things in her own wedding, that for me was good because I'm like, yay, I did my job. You know, I, but then I just had like reactions like, oh, custom made. Oh, everything's custom made. Oh, that's cool. Right. And it hits you like an absolute wet blanket. And those people, I I just like, (laughs) I, I just started, I stopped including them or like, it just, it just reoccurring, reoccurring, reoccurring. And I was like, this is the one time in my life where it is 100% about me. Right. And you're making it about you. And it's funny because like, you'll see this reaction a lot. And it's actually a form of grief, right? When something you know, quote unquote, is, is true on how you live your life. And then you see it done differently. It kind of wigs you out. Like you have like a grieving process where you're like, oh, this, this absolute truth in my life is maybe not the absolute truth. And you have to deal with trying to go on living your life with that lost security, if that makes sense. So like, 
oh, weddings are supposed to be like this, or like you should be right. working here, or we need to be this way, right? Or and that's then, too adventurous, right. or that's too right. dangerous. Oh yeah, exactly. Or like, oh, honeymoons need to be like on the beach in Italy, oh, my right? God. And yeah. so, uh, it, suddenly you see it done differently, and everything that you knew was true suddenly falls away, and then and that too is actually it's a form of grief, it's a form of loss because you're like, wow, now what else in my life is not true? What else have I been like? holding on a certain standard it's it's really weird to think about but like when explained it it makes a lot of sense right but then it because because of the projection you're actually harming two parties now you're harming yourself Mm -hmm. because you're further burrowing into this sort of world that you've created that it has to be this way or no way you know this is the only way that life could ever be lived right and you're also harming the individual in front of you who's come with you who's come to you with an exciting development or some news or something that's happened to them or something they found. And instead of having that reciprocated, all of a sudden they're having the grief that you're feeling within thrown right back at them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And funnily enough, the group of people most used to this type of grief are TCKs because we're used to moving around and having our geographical location change, our friends, our family, the culture, like everything kind of becomes replaceable. And, you know, you experience it one way one day and then it is a different way the other day. And this kind of grief is is often like unresolved within TCKs because that's just the way that life is. Well, it's not even recognized as a thing, right? Right. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. And like the more I've been thinking about it, which is very it, dangerous. Yeah. No. The more I've been thinking about it, it's just like I, I was reading an art, like an article about you know counseling for TCKs and one okay, of, we get it, bro. This is a second reference you're making to. Guess what, guys? I read articles. I'm a, I'm a well-read NIH scholar. You know, Google Scholar. <laughs> I made it. I'm you a know. Google scholar. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Google, if you're listening, sorry, I didn't actually do that. <laughs> sorry. But yeah, no, I mean, one one specific one that jumped out at me is status and associated perks. That is, like, you could have grief for losing those things. And it was specifically called out, and I thought about it, and I was thinking about a story back in Tobruk when we went to go visit my dad. Like, growing up... Um, in- in East Libya, yeah? In Li- East Libya, yeah, in Tobruk. Um, growing up, I knew that my dad played soccer over there on the Tobruk team, like Sukur and, and all that. But I didn't realize the reputation that he had. So we were going through Tobruk. We, we visited and I was young. We were driving down kind of the street and he would just like wave and stop and say hi to all these like people that he knew. And it got to a point where he would stop so much and then like people would gather that like his car would just be in the street and blocking traffic and he's like talking to these people and he's trying to pull out he's trying to like all right i gotta you know my car is blocking traffic like come on we have to go and then from the road at the intersection ahead this huge cop car like four-wheel drive like hummer style car comes around and like parks right in front of our car and so i see like 
this Libyan general-looking guy pops out of the car and he's about to give it to us. You know, I'm f like, this is one of my first times in Tobruk, so I'm used to the police, like, they're here to enforce the law, they're here to, like, stop you from blocking traffic as you are doing, like, respect authority, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and so he comes out the car and, you know, my dad obviously, like, rushes over to, like, move his car and he walks up to my dad and there's a moment of like realization between the two of them and they like hug and they're laughing and they like kiss cheeks or whatever and like apparently he's like an old like school friend of my dad's and he's like oh if I knew it was your car I wouldn't have stopped by uh well I've, so I wanted to stop by to say hello and the moment that like stuck out to me is that he grabbed my dad's shoulders and in this crowd of people that he's like had you know t been talking to he says and Najib, if anybody in this city tries to arrest you, I will arrest them first. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was just like, oh God, what is, what's going on? Are, like, is this okay? And my, I started saying it like I was like, oh, my dad can't be arrested in Tobruk. He's famous. And like in, in, in the States when we came back and he's like, Ahmed, shut up. Like you can't tell people that. They're going to think I'm like a mafioso or something. Like, and I was like, oh man. Well, as we as we discovered from two episodes ago, you come from roy Italian royalty, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know it until we came to Tobruk, and like, <laughs> and, and I didn't realize, but like, we lost those statics, the, that status and that perk when we came back to the states. You know, the states were just numbers. In Tobruk, I mentioned in a newspaper because my dad had me. You know, because he's a famous soccer player from this small town. Um, so yeah, no, it's there's grief there for sure. I, I'm not gonna be the famous boy here. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, are the famous boy though, technically. I'm not the famous boy. You're I'm the famous boy's the, son. I'm the famous. I'm the favorite famous. boy in my family. He is his grandma the other day. But like here in the states, you can't just be like, his, my mom says I'm the best and expect to be <laughs> exactly. This so. is a hot potato of a topic. <laughs> hot potato. So I don't know what it was like for you guys, but during my teenage years, I was very much keep my head down, sort of just avoid getting into trouble. Didn't really have a rebellious phase. Yeah. Right. During which time my peers were very rebellious. They were experimenting uh, with... I don't want to say it, but they were doing bad they were, things. They were pushing <laughs> boundaries. <laughs> so at a time during which my peers were, let's just say, exploring the very fringes of set boundaries <laughs> and from time to time arching their leg so their tippy toes touched the other side of the boundary. I never felt the need to do that for some reason. I, I don't know. And, and again, if you were to ask my sister who we interviewed, Ines, she may tell you that I actually had my rebellious phase very early on in life when I was in primary school and I would just cause trouble all the time and for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> I, right. I don't even know why. To the extent that my teacher would have to go to the classroom next door to call my sister and he would be literally like, Ines, come and sort your brother out <laughs> because I can't. <laughs> oh, God. 
<laughs> so I don't know whether I have like a delayed rebellious phase. Uh, I feel my rebellious phase premature. happened prematurely, actually, <laughs> which is good <laughs> because you are very limited on what you can do during your rebellious phase when you're six years old. Roar! I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna push this chair down. You can't stop me. Yeah. Those like two feet like tall chairs that like weigh. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Attempt to push heavy chair at the age of six. Yeah. <laughs> well, I moved it out of place, so, uh. Yeah. It's the age at which, like, you're more concerned for the child having a knife than anyone else around them. It's just like, oh, God, please. Put that down. You didn't successfully push down the chair, so then you see a little basket of crayons, and you tr- decide to toss that off the table anyways. Good luck cleaning that up! Walks away, picks up their juice box. But also, I mean, that's like, that's common too. That's just like, things have changed. I don't have stability. Rawr! I don't, like, you just lash out, right? Muhammad would hold the grudge until his uh, adult age. Right, and then you're like, all right, maybe the crayons don't need to get thrown. You know, we can we can we can use them to make art. Ah, get all your frustration out on paper. Substitute, What about you guys? Did you have that phase or? Oi, um, I think my rebellion phase. I don't know. I feel like there are a lot of times. I was that, you know, just keep going, just keep the peace kind of thing. And, you know, just Mm -hmm. trying to be a peacekeeper, which is not great. Um, And then I think there were points where I just like, uh, I really want to say, I don't know when my, it was an ongoing battle. I mean, also being a TCK and also being like the only daughter around three other boys so it made there is no like even though like you know like traditionally when you think about it the later on kids the middle child usually gets it easier because the first two are the like experiment not experimental children but like they got all the they got all <laughs> the like you know the hard cranking down on they they uh, enjoy the phenomenon called new parents there you go <laughs> right and then later on kids you know like parents are like okay we're getting a whole hang of things blah blah, blah and they're more quote-unquote laid back i think i never had that option mm-hmm. um because it was the only girls so that was like the first of that um so it was kind of difficult because uh it was just it was different so i think my age it was like premature and then it died down and then it just flared up again later on in life. But it was, uh, I think the first time it was when I was 10. Where it was like uh, like the second time I went to Libya and um, seeing that there was a difference between boys and girls and blah, blah, blah. While prior to that, like the rule in the house is kids. where you are is where your sister is, you right. know? And my brothers try to do the boys play with boys and girls play with girls thing. And my mom would like smack them and she'd be like, no, you include your sister. Right. And so, um, so yeah, going to DBI and then having that kind of realization where I'm going to go where my brothers are going. Like my brothers are getting ready because they're going to go out with my uncle or whatever. And like, I go get ready just by default. And they're like, oh, you're not going with them. I'm like, "Ah, why? You know? And so I just kept on. That was, that was the beginning where I was just like. I want to go out and my aunt will be like where do you want to go out and I'm like wherever the boys are going out and they're like 
they're not going places where you can go. And I'm like, well, why not? And then, you know, it just, like, it made no sense. I just kept on pushing back, and I just hated, I hated everything. I hated everything. And um, so, yeah, that realization that we were, you know, that I, like, had something to rebel against because all of a sudden I was not an equal, right? Um, right. It's an it's an added layer for, for women, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When it, it's, it's not, age is, is not the only factor. It's also yeah. the fact that your gender disqualifies yeah. you from from certain for, cer- for yeah and it just like and um and i think that also adds on to like even how we we're talking earlier like i can do it and i'll prove you wrong because <laughs> i'm gonna prove myself right, right that i can do it right and so i had a lot of that um so then there was like push and pull push and pull um you know kind of like sprinkled in and then my brother is actually my brother taught me this thing it was like Follow the small rules to break the big rules. Right. Right? So be an innocent child. And not in and and now like as an adult <laughs> thinking about it, I'm like, mm, was that the greatest advice? I don't know. Well, I, I it is it like works. It, but it, it's it also works. like Right. And it is also very much like uh it, it kinda like speaks to the other side of the uh, spectrum of like the delayed adolescence where like you may have a latent life rebellious phase or you may have like an early in life mature for your age kind of thing yeah, right yeah it's like it's very mature to not eat like the the marshmallow experiment like yeah don't eat the marshmallow now so you can get two too marshmallows late. later yeah. right yeah so there's uh, delayed, that. delayed satisfaction yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah and so so there is that but it's also like but it was one of those things where it's easy for you to say because it's different mm-hmm. right right so I'm recognizing that there that, are more yes, small there rules is, for you to follow. You know, there are a lot more small rules that are set out that are that were just like this makes no sense. And I, you know, I reached to a point where it wasn't even like a rebellious thing. It was more along the lines of, "Tell me why you said no," and I will like you know fullheartedly just be like, "Okay, that makes sense. Right, adds up." I understand why Check this is dangerous or this is whatever, you know, but you for you to just say, I said no because I said no, it's just going to be like, you don't want me to do anything. So I'm just going to whatever, go to my room and draw. But it's fine, you know. It just, <laughs> actually, there's this one time. I'll show you. I'll show you with my crayons. Oh, my God. Wait, wait, wait. I, are, we, are we still talking about your rebellious face? Yeah. It's actually, <laughs> wait, okay, side note. It's, it's, I remember it, this is just one last thing. I was thing. expecting you to kick in the wall or something. You're like, no, no, and no, I'm no. going to go to my no, room. No, no. Um, there was this one time I got so upset with my dad for something. And I was just, like, angry. I went and stormed into my room and I slammed the door and then I like looked over there to the right underneath the, the window and there's two canvases just sitting there. And I was like, right. I was ripping off the plastic ceiling and I was just like, paint on, layer this. Bah, boop, bah, boop. And then halfway through, I forgot what I was angry about. But you can totally like, you can tell when I'm angry in a painting, right? Yes. So then I was like, wow, this is great. I'm going to show my dad who is also at the same time, my art mentor, my artist mentor, so it's, like, weird. <laughs> you forgot he pissed you off. Yeah, I went down, I was art. like, Bubba, look, I was so mad I painted these. He's like, wow, I should piss you off more often. I was like, no, that's <laughs> not the moral of the story. <laughs> Wait, just opportunity. Oh, God. <laughs> it was just... Go- 
God. What an interesting dynamic in the family. But but I was I was always the and this is something that is you know like you were saying like added in being a girl was an, like an added layer to the whole thing is that society expects girls to mature earlier or blah 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 right. or like you know like and so we can't be kids. It's just pretty much we can't be kids for as long as boys can. You know, because boys can be, boys will be boys, but girls have to be mature, right? So it's just like, so there's that whole factor in on it. Um, And I was like, my mom is a girl, so the neighbor's just going to continue banging. So if you guys hear banging, it's fine. Um, (laughs) And so I was like, my mom is a girl. And um, so I had that, like, wherever my mom was, I was, wherever my mom was doing, I was doing, and stuff like that. And so I did have, like, that calm phase but then it really exploded in my 20s right it exploded no no no. 18 19 and 20 was like rebellious but then take things into my own hands kind of thing (laughs) where mom dad if you're listening to this sorry not sorry i (laughs) white lies like i wasn't not lying but i wasn't lying right baba we want to go to sabrata but was like, no, I forbid you from going because traveling between cities is dangerous right now. And I was like, cool, bet. I'm not going to go to Sabrata. Okay, cool. We're understood. I go to Jadu Meanwhile instead. in Sabrata. No, no, no. <laughs> it's not even that. It's like, um, so I go to Jadu instead. Like, I just like oh, go okay. somewhere. Like, you know, so it was just like, uh-huh. okay, I'm going to listen to you. You said don't go. And um, actually, correction, it was Zwara. I have, till this day, I have not been to Zwara. And I may have missed one of my few chances. Anyways, so it was like, <laughs> you can't go to Zwara. And then I was like, okay, bet I'm going to go to Jadu instead. <laughs> right? So I listened to him. But also, you know, I was just like, all right, uh, this is one of those things. Follow the small rules to break the wiggles later. And well, do you feel like, do you feel like this kind of rebellious stage... You know, this is later in life, right? Yeah. So you'd spent a good amount of time in the States, right? And you're living a certain way kind of in the States. And you go over to, like, Libya. And you suddenly have, like, all these other rules and stuff. Um, one of the one of the things that, like, that ends up happening with the, the, the grief segment is that, like, you have this rift in your understanding of your parents right where like you understand your parents in the states and you understand but you don't understand your parents like in libya or in another country because the part of them that was raised there kind of comes to the forefront and then Mm -hmm. you like suddenly have a gap in understanding of like oh that my parents are different now like did that kind of happen or was that part of like this rebellious stage um, I think yes, only because it interestingly was... called out specifically grief by counselors. Yes, that happens, and I, I didn't expect that. <laughs> I, I actually, yeah, my dad definitely changes in Libya. Not just like um, your dad, but like parents generally. Parents, like, yeah, it's yeah. very common. Yeah, mm, my mom changes, but it's more along the lines of she's kind of on my page a little bit when it comes to like. She's in Libya, like, she'll, she'll just take it. She's like, why can't I go out? I'm going to go out. And then I'm just like, FF, no. And she's like, watch me. She goes, does Come her on, thing, resolve. comes back. It's fine. You know, or like family, ex-family members say that one time when I told you guys about the photographer. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Right? That story. And then my mom's like, I'm going upstairs. 
goodbye, right? Mm. Take care of your mom by yourself. You know, like stuff like that. So my mom was, <laughs> my mom was actually very supportive to a certain extent when I was there. Um, and I guess it is because and that's, and that also just shows like the difference in the society as well. Like the, you know, like, I don't know. Um, yeah, Baba, Baba, Baba kind of like tightens down a little. Mama's just mama, you know. <laughs> <laughs> She's just mama. So I just ended up just like avoidance, and I th- I don't like that. And I think that's why I really feel like growing up. And I don't know if this is related or unrelated or anything, but with the home culture and stuff, I think that just needs to kind of change in a sense of like relationship with children. Um, you know where you start off or even like sometimes you start off with this like really like strict relationship where it's like i am the father like the respect thing right Right. but they mistake respect for control kind of thing or i don't even know but it's like um then later on when like you become a little bit more friends and it's like how do you expect me to be a friend when uh all my life i've been told not to be your friend you know it's like you like go like oh it's like you call me what am i your friend like oh baba okay (laughs) (laughs) you know and then now it's like hey we're friends but yeah there's also like this huge gap that you have to like overcome because you guys you are part of the same house culture, but at the same time, grew up just a little differently. You know, yeah. it's easier to sibling your siblings because they've been siblings, but yeah. also because they were kind of raised in the same situation yeah. as you. Yeah. Right? Gosh, is my name John? Is my name, name John? John? Do I look? Like I don't I'm understand wrong? the reference. You should if you listen oh, to your you own. Oh, you Please refer to episode <laughs> yeah. one, two, three. What was it? Do I look like a John? Do I look like a John? Give a shit. Mike? Is my name Give Mike? God. There is also a grievance with that now that we analyze it from a different perspective because that's what humans do. I think going back and seeing that everything was different from the way they left it years and years ago. Also, like I remember I had to physically take my dad to the coffee shops in Tripoli for him to fully believe me when I said women now go to coffee shops too. It's no longer just the Adida Gahwa place, right? Yeah. And it's like, because I remember like one of the first ones was like Cafe Casa in like Caracalla, Caracalla, Mm -hmm. right? And I took my dad and my dad's like, oh look, it's like a frappuccino from Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And then he tasted, he's like, almost like a frappuccino from Starbucks. (laughs) And you know, and it just like, but then it just like, but then, you know, then that, so then after that, when I say I'm going to the Gahwa, Right. With friends. It's a different idea. He, he kind of was like, okay, she's going to the Gahua with friends. Mm-hmm. And it's a family-friendly oriented kind of place. And so, but I, I, yeah, I just, and I think that there's some grievances there and that things are different and. Yeah. No, I mean, and like, think about it, like, that's a huge type of grief, right? You come yeah. home, quote unquote. And everything is different. The schools you went to are destroyed. The streets you used to work on are filled with garbage. Right. The office that you used to work in is like squatted in. Or the whatever. traffic is horrendous. Right. Like, I mean, like, and not necessarily like all the bad things. The good things too, where it's like uh, there is a place to get X Y Z service like there wasn't before. You don't have to do you know work by candlelight or whatever. Yeah. You know, there's. Uh, uh, you still do. Not all the time. Not uh, all the time. Especially in the summer, almost all the time. Not, and I met you in the summer. 
What? We we met in autumnish. Then it's like September. No, so it's, it's a it's a song. I know. I it's yeah. a song. Yeah, it's, I, I know. Yeah. I know, well, I know. No, I think she knew that she knew, but then I, w- I did the like the meta joke where I pretend like I don't know that she knows. And All then... right, and now people stop listening. And okay. What? Um, people also, listen also... to this podcast? Wait, what? She, she, I also knew she, that she knew, but then I kind of picked up on the fact that you were doing the whole she doesn't know. Uh, so I yeah. also did that. Oh, she doesn't know. Oh, so look at that. We just that lost three know. followers just by this conversation. <laughs> so you knew that I didn't, I that knew. I knew, that she knew. That you knew that I knew. We, but thought we didn't know. That you knew that I knew. Yeah, that exactly that. Yeah. Okay, exactly yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Cool, sort cool. Of. I'm yeah, glad yeah, yeah. we got that covered. Got that okay, resolved. Cool, cool. I think that right there is something that, as a society, TCKs have different kind of grievances, yes. But I think as a human society in whole, I think we're starting to... um, It's becoming a little bit more acceptable to uh, express emotions. Um, Because, you know, before, like, there was that toxic masculinity thing for example where it's like you're a man you don't cry you don't acknowledge your 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 upsetness you suck it up you just you just you just how do we hide our feelings know? in our muscles and there how do we hide them better <laughs> we get bigger muscles <laughs> it's yeah. one of my favorite favorite exactly. sounds exactly so yeah so i think i think it's like as a society there is a slow there is a shift and the acceptance of expressing oneself um, and communicating emotions. And there's like a f- positive feedback and there's like, you know, a lot more safe spaces. Right. And I think that is something that like, you know, this is really, really, really important. So you like. But I, I, I think at the same time, something that we've actually done like on the podcast, like talking with, I think it was Mark, we talked about how being TCK, like you're more empathetic, you're more like, um, you, you're more you're more used to aculturalizing and adapting and, and getting yourself kind of integrated. Um, but one of like the recommendations for dealing with kind of like grief is um, not to view those changes and the, these like loss of like truths in your life as gains, right? Because you you can start to feel like, shame or like anger about those feelings of my experiences have made me better right because then you're like well if i had these experiences and i am like better then i should be better um or if i have like if i'm more empathetic then you know uh that's totally out of my control i'm you know i have to experience all these extra whatevers because you know my parents decided to do or live however you know um and i i didn't really think of it that way i don't know i don't know if i completely agree with that one because like i do think that a lot of our experience growing up around like different cultures and traveling a lot i don't know if i 100 percent agree with that point where reframing reframing changes in your life as gains is a negative thing I, I think reframing helped me a lot in trying to like deal with 
how changes in my life have like affected me or specific problems I have to deal with because of how I was raised. So what would you say is the best approach then? I guess it would be a subjective response from you, but uh, I'd like to sort of pick your brain about them. I think recognizing that grief is a natural process, much like any other natural process, just like healing a wound, it has a timeline and it has a set end time that the healing is done, right? Or that injury is, is gone. And if you try to soothe yourself out of it quicker or exacerbate it you're gonna end up you know scarring <laughs> um right Permanent right, scars. Like, right. Yeah. And, and so you can you know there it, it's kind of like it's kind of like when you break a bone when you break a bone you're not gonna go running on it and you're not going to like you know write it off as something that doesn't matter but once the bone is healed it actually heals stronger than it was before because it had to overcompensate with you know the calcium buildups from your osteoclasts um but uh, all right mr yeah, yeah, one semester you know, i gotta school. flex the, se- the semester on them you know i gotta <laughs> let them know <laughs> but yeah no it's and i that i think it's the same thing with like grief to reframe it as a benefit right you're not going to tell someone whose leg is like their femurs in two halves that oh you know it's a good thing because you know it's going to come back stronger you're gonna let them heal you're gonna have them like you know be able to walk again then you're gonna be like hey your bone's a little thicker than it was before so you know you it's stronger than it was and uh, the same could be said for grief right you're not you're not going to reframe it as a gain as a positive until you've gotten to a point where it is worked through it is healed and then you can kind of look back and see the gains from it yeah I like that. That's that's yeah. a very sort of, it's a very logical breakdown of it. Yeah, right? yeah. But yet, for some reason, like we we spoke about this last time in the mental health episode, where for some reason people do feel the need to kind of rush out of it, almost as if it's a, a shameful thing, where in actual fact it's just the human body being the human body, where things happen. You know, grief, trauma, life experiences will sort of put you in these positions where you will suffer from grief and trauma and like like but like you said the quicker you try to push yourself out of it it's gonna come back twice as hard because you weren't ready your your mind was not ready it's it's still sort of fragile and but sort of breaking out the shackles culture of tck culture where you don't talk about it you just, uh, as the, you know, as we say in the UK, you know, stiff up a bit, uh, stiff up a lip and you just, you know, keep your head up, chin up and that's it, you know, get on with it. That sort of mentality, ironically, is actually more harmful than good. Yeah. But this sort yeah. of, let me just show everyone I'm strong, but inside I'm a crumbling mess. Right. Is socially acceptable for some reason. Yeah. And I think as you know, people become more educated about this and, like, the realization and recognizing that this is a really unhealthy way of processing or not process or to not process is an unhealthy way of pushing forward or healing from grieving or, you know, like, getting over a loss. When you identify your emotions and you kind of learn a healthier way to... Cope. To cope and, you know, just, like, 
you know, like you, you sit with your emotion right then and there and you, you observe what you're feeling, where you're feeling and all that. It kind of helps you respond to losses and respond to grievances and respond to situations and traumatic experiences and whatnot in a healthier form. Right. And a lot of people like have different PTSD responses mm -hmm. or react to different experiences and develop PTSD differently from other people. Like you can be in the same situation with somebody else who grew up in a healthier emotional environment mm -hmm. where, you know, they learn from a young age how to feel what they're feeling and express and all of that fun stuff right. that you know back in the day in the 90s and so on forward where it was <laughs> back like, in the day in the 90s god yeah, i, I mean, hate that that's true <laughs> right where it was like ago. you know <laughs> oh my so, god so it just you know um anyways but like you know like so when you have those two situations the person who grew up not knowing how to process things in a healthy way will walk out of that situation with a scarring PTSD versus right. the other person will know how to handle it and they can walk out of that situation where it's like, ooh, that just happened. Let me process it. And they are able to correctly, you know... Mitigate. Yeah, mitigate after. And so it just... Um, it, yeah, I think it's like that response to step back and like feel what you're feeling and yeah. work through it and be able to like you know lay down and be like this sucks this sad this ow this <laughs> this like frustrating this anger whatever as even as a kid to be able to like do that versus i don't know my at least my reaction is get to being productive as soon as possible <laughs> yeah. you know like it's frustrating when you hurt yourself because you can't do anything, right? And the same is for grief, where it's just like, I'm upset, things have changed, I hate everything, I need to, like, get a routine, get things, like, under control, and I need to be as productive yeah. as possible, as yeah. soon as possible, right? Yeah. Um, and you just completely, like, you start running on a sprained ankle, like, yeah. metaphorically. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you, you know, you should look for someone who understands. They don't have to be a person of the same faith. or it's like, But it has to be somebody who has put in the work to understanding and is open right. to, you know, listening a lot more and then recognizing cultural differences and then being able to approach from a scientific point of view um, how to, you know, what is the word that we said earlier? I don't know. Work through. Work through, I guess, yeah. Um, to work through what, you know, what needs to be worked through right. and how to approach it and how to accept it and how to... And it know. makes it even harder to find kind of like... Because first of all, like finding a counselor, a therapist, a coach, whatever that, Who you is? know, um, aligns with, like you click with and like you you get along with and feel like and safe you with. feel comfortable with and, you know, being able to have productive you know emotional vulnerability with a person that's already hard enough but yeah. then the additional layer of trying to find someone who is actively trying to be culturally competent or trying to understand or does understand your cultural context right um is an added layer of difficulty and then kind of adding into that that part of you know one of the main concerns with the tck is that 
not only are you kind of coming from that cultural background, but you also have your own flavor of it because yeah. of your house culture, right? Yeah. yeah. Home host and then house culture. So like it makes it very difficult to find a um uh someone a professional to work with that will help you work through the problems that you're having um in a notoriously very kind of whitewashed uh field like therapy and um and coaching and, and counseling um at least from you know searches that i've done it it gets really hard to find someone who you know lives in that intersection um so that they can best support you right right and we're not we're I, not talking support from like a friend we're talking support from a professional who yeah. can guide you it it's just like infinitely more difficult to find that um mm-hmm. and it's yeah. it's such a struggle in and of itself that some people right. I'm, I'm i'm certain some people just give up and just live with the grief unfortunately yeah 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 no, absolutely. Absolutely. And like, you can even say the same about like nutritionists or like our phys- or, uh, or, you know, trainers or whatever. Um, you know, try to find a resource for training during Ramadan or something mm-hmm. or try to find like, you know, uh, a resource for like a halal uh, bodybuilding plan or something, you know, it's like it's a very niche, uh, you know, and I'm, and I'm doing kind of just more like Arab you know, Muslim centric, you know, resources, but it's a very niche thing, despite the fact that Islam is like one of the largest religions in the world, you know? Right. Um, and it, it's because we come from like a culture that's like engineer, doctor, uh, you know, uh, what's the third one? Lawyer, right? So engineer, yeah. doctor, lawyer, and mental health professional or like therapist or, or something like that is, or psychiatrist or something. It's not like, the late generations go to kind of job because but, silly um, mental health yeah, issues it, don't exist <laughs> oh obvi obvi <laughs> like if you just stay off your phone if you stay off your phone and you go clean the dishes your uh, depression will go away i promise you right right <laughs> but yeah no i mean i didn't realize you, sorry i didn't realize is, you had an in-house therapist i i was so just staggered by the, the the brutal honesty that I, I was like wow wow I'm cured thanks you know I, I stumbled out of my chair truly um, an epiphany an apostrophe moment one hundred percent I was like oh my god I did not know we, we had to this, uh... change in lives I, what, what? <laughs> you know what can I say you know I have many experiencing mm-hmm. so I should and, uh, so you so you're saying I should do more washing up. You should clean your dishes. I should. Five times a day. Okay. Period. I do clean dishes. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm do not... Do you mop your floor? Maybe I'm not using enough soap. I mean, do, that might be uh, the thing. Uh, uh. Do you mop your floor? Um, what? No. Do I mop the floor? Yes. If it needs to be mopped? With your own bare hands. With uh, your bare that hands. That I don't do. I think I'm lacking in that department. Okay. Yeah. See, there you go. And if tra- trust me, if you do this again, but use your hands this time. Yeah. Wait. You wait, wait. will the depression go? Are you say, fire, wait, fire, do you fire, put fire. the soap on your hands and rub the floor? Is no, that no, what no, you're no, saying? No, 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 no. You know how sometimes these these new age kids they have like the big mop in their hand with a stick. Sure. You know, um, or like little robot guy thing who goes yeah, around. Yeah, DJ Roomba. You know? Yeah, that's but what I'm saying. Okay, 
you bend down and you have the mop in your hands oh. and you mop the floor it first of all it's workout workout very good for mental health True. second of all uh, you're very close to the fumes of the soap that you're mm, going to be using, so mm, it's mm, fresh mm, mm, in mm, your mm, brain, mm, right? I see that. And I see then, that. Yeah, you yeah. know, and then you have you have like you're feeling the mop with your hands, so that's grounding. It's yeah. grounding. Wow. Yeah. So we are not Poof. medical professionals. We your do not depression. I mean, it doesn't. Make, I mean, God did give us vanished. hands. So, <laughs> if you're not mopping mop the floor with, with your, your bare hands. hands, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Um, Full disclosure, I am not a Are you getting more, a professional. more and more foreign as the story um, goes on? I am not <laughs> a professional, <laughs> and uh, what I said was for comedic purposes only, so do not at me, I do please. Not play a doctor well, let's, let's thank God she didn't go Russian. <laughs> oh, <okay>. I almost <laughs> did. And then I was like, nah, man, the Russian moms will just like... No, don't. don't we're not going to get in there. We're not, we're not getting into that one. No. Gosh. No, not today. Okay. Not any day. You don't want to know. Obviously, we're joking, but on a more serious note, um, we will be providing resources in the episode notes, um, just so you get a, a more detailed overview of what we're talking about in today's episode. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we try to approach every topic with some levity, but you know, grief is real. Mental health health is very uh, is, real. is very real. So, don't hesitate to reach out or look at the resources in the show notes. Shots fired. Shots <laughs> fired. <laughs> and I made breakfast, and I Mashallah. um responded to a video message. Boom. Hey, go. speaking about eating breakfast, have you ever tried eating a clock? It's very time consuming. Speaking of time, <laughs> what time is it? As a matter of fact, now that I have drinking half of my cup of coffee, I can tell you what time it is. Do tell. It's question time. It's question time, in case you didn't. Yeah, we got it. We got it. That doesn't get old. No, Uh, that's just going to keep happening, huh? What? The question time. I mean, <laughs> feel free to change it, is, it. It's our thing. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Any, anyway, okay. So the question for today is: um, well, one of one of our one of our uh, listeners asked. You mentioned in the episode that it's common for parents to change from country to country due to trauma. Does the same happen to you all? Hmm. So I leave it on the floor for uh, you all to answer. I never thought about that. Not gonna lie. I have. Wow. As soon as I that question came in, I was just like, we saw. Oh, me? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Hmm. Does anything come to your mind, Hamilus Mayan? Well, I mean, you actually spoke about your parents, didn't you? So it makes sense for you to... Um, yeah, well, I mean, I feel I like guess. you're just kind of passing the buck here. Oi, oi, oi. Okay, 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 okay. Let me, let me... Oi, tough crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, okay, okay, okay. 
So, um, let's see. Oh, that's what you mean when you said I'm at an 11. I'm like actually at like level 11 of speaking. Oh, okay. Cool, 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 cool. Anyway, sorry. Cool, 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 cool. Um, yeah. I think one thing, I mean, so we did talk a little bit about my parents changing, right? And then, um, for me, I don't know, um... Ahmed brought this to, brought to my attention, Ahmed brought to my attention that I have a problem with law enforcement. Um, How so? Well, so, I don't like the police. Um, I don't actually feel that safe around them. Um, And I just, I don't know. And... Um, I just, you know, try to avoid as much as possible. I'm hearing banging. Yes, sir. I'm hearing banging. How is it me? I wasn't doing anything. You lifted your elbow twice. Oh, my bad. I'll just keep them planted. <laughs> um, I'm excited. For- I don't like the place. Stop from there. I'm also, side note, excited to one day hear our bloopers. One day. I'm just going to be rolling on the floor mm-hmm. laughing. Anyways. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I just, I'm not a big fan of the police. I, um... You know, I just, I, they don't keep places or things or, like, areas or people safe. If there's a crime, it always they always come after the crime, so they're not stopping crime. Um, and then, you know, I don't know. I just, uh, I just they don't. They enforce the status quo. They do. Um, and I just, I just don't, I try to mingle with them the least amount as possible. So, like, when we didn't have our cars registered so driving on the road you can't drive on the road so i just preferred to not drive rather than you know what's the worst thing that can happen they give you a ticket no i just don't even want to have that encounterment is encounterment a word encounter encounter yeah i don't want to encounter them and just have that conversation or just you know i just want to deal with them as least as possible but in Libya, like, I, da, 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 da. I, I guess I don't have the Flintstones. Yaba daba No, in Libya, I, I, um, I don't know. I feel like th- they're a little bit. Yeah, the there's no actual police, but well, there is, but they don't really do much. Um, but over there, it's like you know traffic laws. They don't really do that much um Mm. and they're a little bit human kind of i don't know i don't even know how to explain it um or Mm. i have faith that i know people in different places that i'm just like okay i get in trouble with the law again did a phone vibrate no it could be my elbows i'll just keep my arms in the air is it my phone don't rest on the table oh it probably was my phone oh it's her phone she had a vibrate message um, also, if you could, if you could just levitate, that would be amazing. Please. No, honestly, if I could, I would. I Trust told you we me. should have done, recorded in the sensory deprivation pod. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Um, but yeah, no, in Libya, I. Amateurs. Jeez. Uh, Sorry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In Libya, I uh, yeah, I just I kind of like have faith. Mm, I'm cracking my ankle knuckles. I'm cracking my ankles with my hands. Um, in Libya, I have faith, I guess, that 
I know people. I can get myself out of situations because I've had moments where I needed to get myself out of situations and I was successful at it. So I just, you know, I think I have more control, even though it's a country that literally anything and everything can happen in and everything and anything does happen in. So um, it's weird. Um, I don't know. I don't know. And I also really hate bureaucracy. So the less amount of system, the better. So Libya, there's no system. It's easy to get around. Here, there's just an obnoxious, like, <sighs> racist system that hasn't been, you know, I don't know. I just, I'm not, I'm not a fan. So I'm very uncomfortable around law enforcement here. And it's not like a fear or a respect kind of thing. It's just like a, I don't want to deal with you. So I'd rather not. Um, so I tried to break as little possible laws or rules or whatever, because, you know, just because something is legal doesn't mean it's right. Um, and so just because something is illegal doesn't mean that it's, you know, whatever. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I just tried. What would you say is the biggest way you've changed then? What what would you say is the biggest difference between Wissal in Libya and Wissal in the US in terms of behavior then? Uh, I might even say I feel a little bit more free in Libya, even ironically. Um, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I, there's, there's that. There's, I also, you know, I went and looked for my support group there. Um, I have like some of the most incredible friends on the face of the earth who live in Libya and I'm like every now and then Ahmed and I will you know we'll talk about it and Ahmed's like let's just go to Libya I'm just like yes but no but yes but no (laughs) right and it's just like because honestly like yeah I I don't know the the people hit different okay (laughs) the people hit (laughs) different and I love my friends and family here as well so I'm not it's not like a my Libyan friends are better but it just like you just have moments where it's like they get it, you know. They're just as crazy as me. They're just as like down to do the most random things. And you're like, wow, we saw it. nobody does this here. I'm like, yeah, I know. Can we do it? And they're like, God damn it. Okay, yeah, sure. All right, <laughs> let's let's do this and see if we don't get caught. Like it's fine. <laughs> Um, so I guess there's like a lot, a little bit of this, little, a lot of bit of that. And also here you have to pay for breathing. Oh, you breathed wrong. That's a fine. Right. So I don't know. I just, I just, I, uh, I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Did I make any sense? Yeah. No, that made sense. Okay, cool. You did. Great. You are. You want to, you want to tie that in with your parents or? Yeah. I don't know how to tie that in with my parents. See, you guys set me up for failure. No. Uh, the question's about you. I mean, you can't tie it into your parents. I mean, you do want. I have to? Am I the only one answering this question? What? No, we're all answering the question. Um, Just trying to get closure with yours. And my parents are... <laughs> I guess my parents are the opposite. Or at least my dad. My dad is kind of like more flowier here so he maybe he feels more in control here so he can kind of let let his um let his guard down and then in libya 
he doesn't have control. So he's more on edge. It's the opposite. Is he on edge? I mean, I, I don't know how comfortable you are in just talking about your dad, but would you want to talk about, like, how... Is he a different person in Libya? Mm. If you're not comfortable with this, we can just end it there. It's fine. Yeah, I think we can end it there because I feel like... I don't know how many people listen to this. And then, like, there was already that Ahmed's mom tells my mom. And my mom's like, oh, wow. And then my dad was like, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe not. Okay. Yeah. Uh, For me, I feel like it's more related to, I don't know, um, language? Or maybe, yeah, maybe it is, like, maybe it's more, like, I'm uncomfortable and we can maybe look at that as trauma. But, um, yeah, no, I'm not very outspoken or, you know, very energetic or, you know, outgoing. Um, when I go to Libya, when I go to Libya, um, but aside from that, I feel like I'm more or less the same, you know, maybe I'm more uncomfortable and able to like make the friends that I want to. I think talking with Wissal about like having that friend group or whatever in, in Libya and like being able to do wild stuff with them, like... I think I, can, I have and can build that way easier here in the States. Um, just because I have the ability to, I guess, communicate clearly how I'm feeling or what I'm thinking. Versus in Adobe, it's like first grade kind of English, uh, first grade kind of language level. So um, I think that, I don't know if that's, yeah, I think that's more like, ability than it is trauma um if that makes sense Mm -hmm. but it's not it's not as drastic a change as with my parents like with my parents it's like my dad can only sleep like three hours a night here in the states but the minute he hits Tobruk he gets a full 12 you know like there's uh, a different kind of ease of mind that my parents have I guess over there and you know there's more awareness of like the the manners and the the culture that you need to maintain while you're there um and I think that's just like it's it's just like coming home after not being home for a long time that like regression that happens where you know oh I went off and I emotionally developed and I learned about myself and I'm such a whole happy human and then you come home to your siblings and you're just like no you're stupid no you're stupid and it's like oh (laughs) where did it all go (laughs) so i think definitely my parents have like elements of that as well um and that's what i always thought it was but looking at like kind of uh the topic that we had today and the research that we did like it ended up being kind of a common sign of like unresolved grief as well like you're becoming that person you were back then because you weren't ever ever able to process and move on you know which Mm -hmm. interesting 
I feel I, I can definitely relate to the language part um, I, because I do feel that I am slightly different when communicating with my relatives back home in Libya. Um, firstly, because firstly because English is my my first language mm -hmm. because I grew up in the UK, but but also the Libyan dialect is is fast evolving. Right. So whatever whatever vocab you're kind of proud of having uh, is very quickly outdated by the time you you're back in Libya. So you're using these words and everyone's looking at you like, okay, the 1970s called and they want their vocals back, you know? And I feel with, because of that, you start sort of holding back when it comes to expressing yourself and even communicating uh, with your family, uh, mm. you know, past uh, the, you know, oh, salam alaikum, yeah, alhamdulillah, yeah, I'm doing well, yeah, how are you guys, blah, blah, blah. But then after that, it's just, for, I mean, for me anyway, it's just more listening than talking um, and that's very that's a very different Muhammad whereas normally in English I'm very sort of expressive I'm very sort of social I'm very talkative I love I love to open different topics mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and I recently did try to do that in Arabic and I did struggle um, and I had to kind of rely on a lot of <laughs> English words and thankfully my cousins do speak English um, but it can it doesn't hit the same right when you're you're speaking in broken Arabic and then some English. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it definitely does hold me back. I think so. The both of you have baggage with the language barrier, right? I'm picking up. I think one thing that allowed me to open up and be more me is finding not just like you know like like-minded humans who are just as you know like open and adventurous and blah 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 um you know i like then i had an ease of even messing up with my arabi um i always you know started a conversation with نفهم أكثر من نقدر نتكلم فحن يعني العرب متاعي مدشتش مخلبط مكسر you know كلها على بعضها فسامحوني right and it's like لا مش لازم عرش نسامحك blah 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 you're doing great uh, يعني ما, ما فيش مشكلة all that fun stuff um, and I'm just you know I so I kind of surrounded myself around people who were not going to judge me based off of my language because that is something that does happen because I feel like Ahmed you once mentioned though that like um you have that kind of in you where it's like you're Libyan you should be speaking Libyan kind of thing in it like correct me if I'm wrong um that kind of hello no yeah no that's that's exactly right um speaking Libyan is something you can only achieve while you're there as well. Yeah. So, like, you can't even prepare for it. Yeah. So, I feel like... So, having that kind of surrounding and also having friends who were, like, dual... Bilingual. Um, or... Um, bilingual? Multilingual? Different linguals. Yep. Um, polyglots. Polyglots. Um, where, you know, I, if I, if an English word does slip when I'm trying my best to keep it out of they fully understand, you know, what I'm trying to communicate. So it made, 
it easier to be more outgoing because, you know, like, even it's kind of like the role is reversed. So some people, like, they understand more English um, than they can, like, respond, right? But they still fully understand. And so we kind of, like, balance each other's out kind of thing um, where I can fully understand someone talking to me in Arabi. Um I don't know if I'm making any sense. But yeah, that's that's I think that if you guys would like we should do a trip to Libya and I just hit the microphone. But and you know, I can I can I want you to take me to Libya. We saw since we met has been Ugh. offering I've been wanting to take him to Libya I've been saying, oh, I must show you my Libya. And I'm just scared that it's not going to be there when we get there. I it's really need her to, like, step up her timetables a little oh, bit. Oh, my gosh. And you know what's <laughs> you know what's crazy, Bananas? I was actually, like, thinking. I was seeing all these, like, really awesome um, different, like, Libyan accounts on Instagram and stuff. And, like, TikTok and, like, people um, sharing, like, five things you can do in Tripoli. And I'm like, wow, that used to be me, but in the flesh, right? <laughs> anyone who'd come there be like these are my hidden gems and it's like now everybody knows about it <sighs> it's fine but yeah um ka-chunk, ka-chunk, ka-chunk. Ka-chunk, ka-chunk. done deal lucille <laughs> lucille <laughs>